Fact in a Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back on the Ticket Water Cooler here on 93.7 The Ticket. Again, the big news today, Marquis Stepp has entered the transfer portal so that, uh, I don't know what you call it, a five-headed monster is now four-headed monster in the <laughs> back room. Um, not uh, not maybe too much of a surprise as uh, we expect to still see some turnover probably before the season uh, once again, but uh, still a notable name off of Nebraska's roster. We bring in Brian Munzer. Brian Munson, excuse me, of On3 Sports uh, to help discuss it. Brian, uh, what do you make of the marquee step entering the transfer portal news? Um, maybe maybe a little odd timing, but I think that, you know, kind of the, the way spring kind of wrapped up and the, I guess there was a, a little bit of an injury he picked up during the spring game. He's just, he's been bit by the injury bug and 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 you know now there's a new running backs coach that's that's there in the room he's bringing in his own players they've he's brought in three running backs basically since january um it's it's a very crowded room and uh and marquise you know probably saw the writing on the wall and how how it was going to kind of be for that fall so um I, I actually am a little bit surprised that this move didn't happen a little bit sooner towards the end of uh, the spring, basically spring practices. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think that this, I think this is a, this is a move that a lot of us all kind of saw was coming and um, it just never really worked out for Marquise to kind of get here, get to Nebraska and get healthy. Uh, Brian, something I wanted to ask you about, we were talking about this in the last segment is Mark Whipple kind of, in his past with Pittsburgh, establishes a, a running back by committee. And I know a lot of Husker fans are kind of tired of that. He obviously runs a little bit of a different offense. Do you think the days are, are kind of the workhorse running back, the guy that rushes for over 1,000 yards, gets the majority of the carries? Do you think those days are over? And, and if so, do you think the running back by committee could work here at Nebraska? Well, they are in the NFL. I mean, the NFL has already converted, you know, a lot more to that format of splitting carries across multiple running backs in the backfield. Um, they want to keep legs fresh. They don't. They don't want to run and empty empty the tank out of of one particular player, and then you kind of then remove that player from availability. Um, can it work? That's the difficult part because I, I think that Nebraska fans would go back over the last couple, three, four seasons and ask themselves, you know, a lot of questions around personnel decisions. Why, why were certain players on the field? And and I know that a lot of that was around the wide receiver position, but there were questions about that, you know, when it came to running back, Mm -hmm. Greg Bell, great example, goes off over hundred yards the next week. I think he got like nine or 19. And it was just, there were some real inconsistencies, I think, you know, in different different spots on the field where you would have kind of a committee type of feel, or at least where you would think maybe a hot hand guy would, would, would continue to stay out there on the football field. And it just never really seemed to happen. And and I think also there were some situational uh, uh, parts of the games and down in distance where you would look and see who was on the football field at, at any one moment and just go, I don't understand the personnel groupings. Um, so all that being said, I, I think that there's going to be some doubt when it comes to Nebraska fans kind of seeing that 
take place and happen. But I'm sure that with having a couple different pressure set of eyes, excuse me, uh, to kind of walk through all that to understand who should be on the field, when and where and why, uh, it'll help out with kind of, I think, you know, um, going ahead and getting around some of the questions that that the fans are going to have about that kind of uh, approach to the offense. And it's interesting too. I mean, the the it's it's basically nobody knows what the offense is exactly going to look like. We try to guess, and it sounds right. like Mark Whipple's definitely got um you know a complete charge of us from what we've heard as of late. Uh, do you expect the running game to be pretty traditional as far as just kind of a lack of a quarterback threat a little bit more now that Adrian's out and it's no longer Scott Frost's offense, or do you think that that part of the game is still going to see you know seven eight carries from the quarterback? You know, I think that I think to kind of keep things on an even keel. I mean, I know that the the keys have been kind of handed over to the offense to Whip. Whip knows what it's going to take for him to to be successful at Nebraska. He he understand he's going to have to understand the personnel. He's got to understand what their strengths are. He's got to understand what's going to work. Get into the game plan, etc. But I think he also has to understand, you know, the person who hired him, the person who brought him to Lincoln, what where he kind of feels like you know, the success is or what, what, what they need to do for identity, you know, is to kind of keep that threat at least at multiple spots about who can do what. And, and I, I've said this before and I'll, you know, I'll say it again. You don't need a quarterback that runs a four or five. It doesn't help. Absolutely. But typically when you get, when you have those guys, it's, it, it, you give up something in return. Yeah. If you've got just a guy that's willing and understands down in distance and understands how to kind of set up to, to, to where he can tuck it and run it on an, on a similar type of play by giving an, a, the linebacker a, a certain look or hitting a drop and, and tucking it and running it and, and getting seven yards. If you can do that five, six, seven times a game where you can just be effective and give yourself some field position to help out with, with getting the next first down, um, that's where, you know, that position starts to add some value in the game planning because you can be strategic then with some quarterback runs or set up to where, you know, if this is here, then take this. So uh, I, I, I don't think that you're going to see a lot of designed quarterback runs. I don't think Nebraska has that room, you know, quite yet. I mean, if Smothers was a starting quarterback, you know, probably Harburg, yeah, sure. Purdy really shine with the athleticism, but if they're going to, roll out there and say that, that Thompson's the number one, clear number one, and you don't really want to lose that guy because you're winning some ball games. I think that that's going to be, I think that's going to be put, you know, basically in the backseat and you don't want to jeopardize anything as far as like your momentum and the ability to go out there and win football games week in and week out. Brian, from what you've seen, who would you say is going to establish themselves? If there is going to be a number one guy in the running back room, who would you say that it would probably be? Well, I mean, oh, that's such a million dollar question. Um, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of gone now from what a four headed monster or five headed monster down, you know, with, with step leaving. Um, I, I do feel like Grant's going to be a guy that's going to, that, that's, that people are going to have to start looking for. Um, and, and he's going to, he's going to emerge. I think he's going to be, he's going to emerge as being that top guy at, at the position um, you know, after that, it's, it's a little bit unclear because you, you bring in Grant, he's a, he's a junior transfer in from, you know, New Mexico military Institute. He's been at Florida state before you're getting Gabe Irvin back. Um, you've got a guy like AJ Allen who was recruited there basically by Brian Applewhite because 
they felt like they needed a starting quarterback. And then you have, uh, then you have Yant obviously too. Um, I, I think Grant is going to emerge as being the top guy, but I think that there are certainly a lot of, a lot of legs behind him that, that can help out. And I think there's also a guy like AJ Allen, that the more time that he gets, I think the better that stable is going to become. And I think you're going to absolutely develop a guy like that, like AJ, to where he can, you know, you could see a role really start to develop for him, especially if he can get his his legs, you know, really going underneath him in a couple of those non-conference games. Uh, Brian Munson joining us here on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline for his normal Tuesday slot. Uh, Brian, uh, Nebraska did pick up a commitment over the weekend from Ashley Williams Jr. What is what does he bring to the table in that new edge position that Nebraska also started uh, debuted recently as well? <laughs> You know, I think that edge spot has given a lot of people confusion. You know, I, I think the best way to simplify that is just, you know, your traditional 4-3 defensive end or your walk-up outside 3-4. That's really what, what you're kind of kind of looking at there. Now, I, I know that there are some guys that are at that at that defensive line, defensive end spot, end 3-4 that don't look like Ashley Williams, where Ashley's a six foot four, 220-pound guy. And you've got some other guys that are six four, six five ish, and two sixty, two seventy, and and those guys aren't aren't really going to play the same spot. You're talking more of a base four versus a walk up, so it does get a little confusing. But if you just think about it as in terms of a guy that can really put pressure on the quarterback and a guy that can, can drop back into space, and that's really what Ashley is is going to be looked at to do. He's got great length. Um, I think that there's you know some. There was definitely an, an, another need. Uh, there's definitely another need outside of just bringing in Newton. But if you, if you take a look at the class, I mean, Nebraska also has to face the the fear potentially of, of if there is a, a good season for Garrett Nelson and, and the and the, the the reports all come back, you know, that he's got some sort of draft status that that he's interested in. You know, they they potentially could lose him. Where I could see, you know, something else happening somewhere else down the line where Nebraska is either pursuing like another O'Shawn Mathis type situation, looking for another edge rusher that way, you know, or, you know, trying to get that third guy into the class. So I think things are, I think that Ashley satisfies definitely a need opposite Maverick. uh, But I would keep a close eye on kind of how things work out throughout the season. And we were kind of debating the other day. It, it's it's certainly. I mean, they're they're way ahead of schedule. It seems like as far as high school commits at this time compared to where they at least usually are. Uh, we were debating yep. how good of a job this class is because it 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 is it's it's you know it, it's 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 off to a good start. Got a lot of Nebraska kids in it. You don't know how many you know guys they're going to add to the portal or from the portal or you know all these different avenues now these days. Um, but do, it, it's ranked like 29th, I believe, and in, 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 you know, you know, somewhere around there in, in most of the services. Where do you expect it to kind of finish? Yeah, well, I mean, and that's the interesting part is that you're every year. I think kind of moving forward since the portal has kind of, you know, taken off and, and gotten some legs, and people kind of understanding the the value of it. I think people are going to are going to see the number trend down of the number of, of players that would traditionally sign in December or February. So your your high school seniors, your your transfer eligible junior college players because there's a need for a school now to to manage both sides of the roster. They've got to take a look at the guys they have not just in the room but look at their eligibility. 
look at the guys that are not just eligible, but where, where are they at in terms of their development? Can they, can, do they need another year? Do you need a stop gap guide where you have to go out there and find an O'Shawn Mathis again to take some pressure off, you know, of, of a room that, that doesn't really have that, that guy that's, that's capable of playing at that level right now, but you've got some guys that have the potential to. So you've got, you got to manage both ends of the spectrum. So I think that that's one of the reasons why, you know, I, I wish I had some, some some better data points to kind of back this up because I think it's going to be really interesting to, to study it. But I think you're going to find now that there's going to be less players, you know, taken across high school and junior college uh, that basically into D1 football because there is a need for these schools to stay relevant and consistent, not necessarily have the ebb and flow where, where you have the, the drop-offs because you had a big class, small class, big class, small class, and, and you've got that consistency now across the board because you are backfilling basically with, with more portal guys uh, where you have a need. So it's, um, I, I think that the class can, you know, I think the class can sign 17, 18. I think that's probably a, a, a decent number. And then I think you're looking somewhere, you know, depending on, on what really happens, like, like I mentioned, like a Garrett Nelson or, you know, a Marquis step was, was, which was another guy that I think we had people had, had kind of figured might uh, decide to go ahead and leave. You know, I think that there'll be, there'll be more as things, as time goes on, particularly at the end of the season. And it, it could potentially break into that top 20 when you start talking about portal transfers. But I think your, your number for high school, junior college guys, it's going to be, you know, somewhere between 30 and 20, I, I think is where you're going to kind of get to. All right, uh, that sounds uh, that sounds about normal for Nebraska football, to be honest with you. But that's uh, that, that's what it is. Uh, he's Brian Munson of On Three Sports. Thanks again, Brian, for uh, taking some time out of your day for us. Yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. All right, there he goes, Brian Munson, once again of On Three Sports. We'll take a quick break here on the Ticket Water Cooler, and when we come back, it's time for box history lessons again. We're going all the way back to the 1890s for some bug eaters football. That's coming up next here on the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket. 